You're listening to Rock Solid People, a podcast by Max King. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. So welcome, listeners, to another episode of Rock Solid People, where I, Max King, the CEO of Ozcare Support, interview interesting people in the disability space. And today, I'm very pleased to have with me Cassandra Day, Cassie, Cassie Day, the CEO and founder of The Carer's Place. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been a while coming, uh, but uh, we're, we're super pumped. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is this has been one of the, ch- the challenge, more challenging ones to sit down with, but you have every good reason to, to be here. Um, now, Cassie, quick question. Uh, I guess that is the question. Why did we, how, how did we end up here? What, what has brought us to being here together? Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, So I am a mum first and foremost. I'm a carer and I'm a a business owner as well. And I run the carer's place. But way back when I started my career, I started in uh, government and in uh, human resources and worked in uh, team leader management and recruitment uh, way back then and spent 16 years there. During that time, I had two children and my eldest was Uh, born with cystic fibrosis. He's uh, 20 years old now. Um, I'm not quite sure how I have a 20-year-old, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I guess, you know, I thought, you know, we were going to probably have difficulty and uh, perhaps lose him through cystic fibrosis but the world had different ideas for me the universe had different ideas for me and when he was nine years old he fell out of a tree and sustained very serious injuries and an an ABI so an acquired brain injury and that really kind of turned my life and and our lives on it on on its head and from there within sort of six months of him um, having his accident I really needed to turn very much into a full-time carer I I needed to leave work Um, I had to you know navigate this new uh, world uh, that we were living in and my marriage fell apart Um, I didn't have the same appreciation and passion for my work that I did before I needed to do more there was more to do in the world and um, within 12 months I'd I'd left my secure employment I had retrained as a personal trainer uh, and started my own business um, to try and, I guess, support people in a more meaningful way. And I've always known that I'm here to help people and and I just didn't quite know how. And so I, I started that business, which was was kind of good and it, and it, it boomed very quickly. I was full within three weeks, wow. uh, which is wow. outrageous. <laughs> but I know it's just absolutely um, crazy. And, and I ran that from my home and, and it was good for a little while, but Matthew became quite sick again and I just wasn't able to sustain that. And so I took 12 months off. I had to let my business go, which was somewhat devastating, yeah. but there's always, you know, lessons and, and reasons um, and at least I sort of knew that. So um, I ended up looking for ways I could possibly help people on a much broader scale that didn't require me to be, you know, at a specific spot at a specific time. And I fell into online business and I created the carer's place, uh, you know, going through 
what am I good at? What do I know to be true? And how do other people look at me? And and I've always been told um, uncomfortably I'm, I'm an inspiration and I've always been there to help people. And so I actually just stepped into that and created an online Facebook group um, oh. that was just really for people to connect and share stories and help each other through some of the tough stuff. And that's really my purpose is, is around, you know, making things just that little bit easier for people, maybe sharing lessons that I've learned along the way yeah. um, so they can live less stressful lives. So I, I created this online business. I built this website. I had no idea what I was doing. Not tech savvy. It's not, you know, tech savvy and Cassie aren't two words that you put together. Uh, but I did it and I fumbled my way through as I do. And I created an online program for carers. And it was all about um, self-care and advocating for themselves and creating, um, you know, an environment in which they can function and give the best of them to, to whether it's their children or their loved one. And the reason I did that was because I knew that when I was the best in myself, when I was nurturing myself, looking after myself, that my kids and Matthew in particular was better too yeah. because I've gone through a big tumultuous kind of uh, journey with health. And so I built that. And that was a nine-week program and Carers SA uh, purchased 16 places for carers across South Australia to, to be able to do that uh, program. Lots of great feedback, but it was very much based on um, having to go for grants and I don't like asking for money. I have a real problem with that. And they're frustrating. I I, I don't know if you've ever been successful, but I haven't been and they're very frustrating. So, yeah, I I hear that. I don't like it. And and I, I, do, I also don't like asking people who I know are extraordinarily vulnerable for money. You know, I know as a carer myself that I'm always going to put my kid first and I'm always going to fork out for my child before I will for myself. So I kind of thought, how am I going to flip this on its head? How can I help and support carers and families but also support the person with a disability enter the NDIS and I did a lot of research. Um, Lots and lots of people for a long time had sort of said, you need to do support coordination. This is what you do anyway and you're doing it for free. And, you know, I I had a lot of resistance. I was very scared, very worried, wasn't good enough, you know, all of the enoughs. Um, However, uh, my very first client uh, that I didn't know was going to be my first client reached out to me via a private message four years ago this month and said, Cassie, do you do support coordination? I said, give me 48 hours and I'll get back to you. <laughs> and the rest is history. I basically got here uh, today. So we're four years down the track and and have some exceptional employees, but I established uh, my business from there. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so the carer's place has morphed and changed then. Yeah. Yes. It started, as you say, as that fundamental online uh, training tool for carers as yeah. to self in, sort of look after yourself. So therefore you can be the best person to look after the people yep. you're caring for yep. and then you've morphed in there now is there um is is there is that like the caring and the, the caring for carers is is that there's that's still obviously a fundamental part of what oh, you do and, and what, yeah. what your website is is the online course still running is this like can i'm, I'm, I'm going to spruik your business here but can we act yeah what? no no no. <laughs> it's it, it's absolutely okay it's it's 
actually brilliant timing. Um, so it is, it's infused in everything we do. So everything that I created back then is still infused into what we do. And so we very much have a focus not only on our participants, but on their entire family units. Um, but we're taking it one step further this year. So there are some materials on the website and the website is currently being rebuilt. Um, so there's, you know, in this current website that I have, there is so much in the background that's just not being um, used or, or shared with people. So that will come this year, but we're actually launching into a couple of new programs. And one new program is very much about relationships, um, family unification, education and sustainability. And so uh, we've done, I guess, Yes, a, a number of pilots with some of our participants here um, where, you know, if we're only tunnel visioned and we're only focusing on the participant and not the environment and the environment in which they live and their relationships and their support, we're kind of almost marking time because they don't live in silos. We don't right. live in silos. And so if we can actually address what's going on for everybody in that family unit and be able to really um, support them to be better together, I think we're going to have so much more success. And, you know, I'm part, you know, I, I broke up with my children's uh, father when they were very, very young. And that has a lot to do with living this life of, of disability and caring and, and all of those things. And I, I would really love to be able to change that. Yep. Um, nationwide and who knows the world yeah so that's interesting you say that and i think you know fundamentally you you've really hit the nail on the head we we often are focused on participants that's that's who we get you know that we you know, yes, participant has a plan we look at their outcomes yeah. their goals but actually you know some of the most challenging um uh, instances that we've had have been when actually it's the unwritten yeah, it's the family members yeah. self-sabotage or sabotage. Yeah. It's a, it's the it's the politics that you have to play to achieve the outcomes because there's other people. It, it's really yeah. fundamental. And in fact, one of the podcasts that I previously just done with Meredith Coote, who is um, now working in the the circles of uh, community circles, which is exactly that, looking at the full community around an individual. Yes family, uh, neighbours, uh, community, and, and about how we as paid support can be the last of that rung. You know, we, 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 should be, yeah. we should be the last things thought of. But using a technology platform, so I'll definitely introduce the two of you, mm. but that's super exciting that you've that's identified amazing. that because, as you say, sometimes I think we're just too, too blinkered. Yeah, we are. Um, there is so much um, unrecognised and undiagnosed trauma, not only for our participants, but family members as well. And if the, anyone um, is like me, my experience is extremely isolating. So when Matthew was born, um, he was obviously born with cystic fibrosis. Um, but people with cystic fibrosis can't connect. They can't see each other because of uh, risk of cross-infection. And so we didn't have social media back then. Right. Um, and so I actually was very, very isolated and, um, you know, I only knew what I was told by the doctors. I wasn't supported by a social worker. There was no supports in place for us at all. And we just didn't know what was going on. And, you know, we had a number of traumatic events that have happened between then and, and now, and they shape who we are, how we behave, how we interact with each other. And um, those those things can get in the way and it's not because we're bad people, it's because we've been conditioned or, or what have you. And so if 
we can get in and support people in those early stages, we're going to have much better relationships and much better outcomes across the board. It's not about teaching people, um, you know, how to care or, you know, how to be a best parent. They already know that, that it's already instinctive in so many people, but it's actually giving people the tools to be able to come through these these, um, difficult circumstances in a much better, more holistic and healthier way. Absolutely. And connected ways, you say. I mean, and sometimes oh, I think absolutely. social media is, is a is a boon, but it's also a curse. It's, it's sort of, <laughs> I'm sure you've, you've yes, experienced that. I agree. But I'm going to I'm going to br- just re- rewind a little bit on my conversation mm. here. And I'd like to just talk to you about the NDIS. Uh, it's one of the yes. things that I'm, I'm really keen about. I mean, for me, uh, as I explained to you before we started the, the podcast, um, we, I came into this from outside of the disability space. And for me, the NDIS predominantly uh, has been an exceptionally good thing for most of the people that we support. I'd like your view on, on the NDIS and, 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 I, and I don't want to bag it out, but I'm happy to take some no. pot shots at it if you want. <laughs> Look, sometimes it's a necessary evil, but the concept is extraordinary and I really buy into that. Uh, But what I will say is this, is when Matthew transitioned onto the NDIS from a state-based system, and he was on the NDIS because of his um, acquired brain injury, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no support whatsoever and my head was firmly in the sand. For two years, we didn't use his plan at all because I didn't know what to do. And, you know, we got this plan and nothing was explained to us. We were self-managed. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, And so, so, yeah, we just marked time. But this is also because I was engaged in a state-based system that actually didn't step up and support us at all. So, there was no transition. Yeah. And I thought, jeepers, if I can't navigate a system like this, if I can't do it for myself, how on earth are people who are vulnerable, who are compromised, you know, how are they going to be able to do it? I'm, you know, a relatively smart person. Yep. I'm educated. Yep. You know, I've navigated the health system and, and a whole host of other things. So that's where it started. Um And I did not know the potential of the NDIS whatsoever. And what I did was I learnt it for other people so then I could end up helping myself and my son essentially in in the first place. So, yeah, I've come at it from a very different perspective. You know, a lot of people who enter into it these days are relatively savvy um, and and know about it and what the purpose is. Um, So, for me, I, you know, I think the NDIS is an exceptional scheme however it's not used to its um in full potential or um and i think there's a lot of bureaucracy and uh, bs that really does get in the way and we see that every day um and you know i think the potential is huge for the ndis but look ask me questions specifically about it and we can talk <laughs> for days honestly well, I, i've got one question which is so that experience that you had coming into it yes. as you say as a smart person uh savvy um what what is the solution then and and i'm not i don't know if this is on a on a national level or on a on a thin markets basis or mm. on, a, on a on a on a smaller basis and, and for us we we support individuals so you want to come to us we'll support we've put a figure on it 25 individuals to transition onto the scheme that have no 
mm-hmm. current plan and we're going to do that on a pro bono yeah. basis and, and the, re- yeah. the number was just that we, we wanted to help some people and we didn't know where to, mm. where to sort of start so i said to my team reach out to anybody you know that that wants to get under the scheme and can't well that, that's yes. a that's a small step I, I know that you offer some free resources and some some other yeah. what, what's the solution here though because we we struggle to find people that actually know even that we're offering that service Correct. Um, I think it's word of mouth and it's being out and being active in your community um, and also being uh, close to community, um, you know, whether it's you know, local councils, whether it's local MPs and actually being very present and being willing to share uh, your lessons and, and what you've learned and the information without expectation okay. of getting anything back for it. Um, I think that uh, certainly if people are, are, you know, have their first plan on the NDIS, I think it's absolutely critical that support coordination is included in that plan. Um, I, I just cannot fathom how many people are on the NDIS and they have their first plans and they have no, no support coordination. Yeah. They're not afforded anything. And and the you know, the notion of having six or twelve hours in a first plan is absolutely offensive in relation to like six or, or twelve hours of support coordination in a plan is absolutely offensive when the purpose of support coordination is to build capacity, is to teach and learn and guide and, and support people to understand an extraordinarily complex scheme and how how it applies to them. So, um, you know, we, and you would be the same, we would see people who might have been on the scheme for four years or six years and they haven't used support coordination or they've had a really bad experience and they've come along to us and where they think they know but they've been really misled or misguided um, or haven't actually, you know, okay, well, here's buckets of money. Let's go and spend that. And it all has to be clinically, you know, clinical. It all has to be, um, you know, we do weekly physio and we do weekly OT and we do weekly, um, you know, this therapy and that therapy. But actually people don't understand it's about person's life and where they're going and so I think that there are so many layers to address this and and it's people like you and I being able to get out there and share our experiences and I guess that's one big thing this year I've kind of been hiding for the last four years but for me this year is very much about um, you know connection with other people in the community getting out there and helping people whether it's online or face to face Um, but the more of us who can spread the word without expectation and who can, you know, really collaborate, that's a big goal yeah. for me this year, is collaborate with other providers, with mainstream services, so like health. Health health here in South Australia, I don't know what it's like in New South Wales, but they don't have any idea of the NDIS and the scheme. Our government systems do not talk to no, each other at same. all. And it's, uh, you know, and for us, building relationships with health and with education and with other government organisations to really upskill them so that we can actually work together to get the best outcomes for everybody is going to be a big thing for us this year. And I think for the for the sector as a whole, we need to do that because quite honestly, um, if, if anyone knows in health or education, they've got an NDIS plan 
that's the NDIS's problem. Right. And that's really the attitude. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's definitely yeah. a missed opportunity there, I think, with the NDIS when it was originally established, that, that siloed nature. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, obviously the complexities of, of, of information technology systems aside, mm-hmm. you know, I get that they've got some legacy systems. It was a missed opportunity and, and a real shame there. Uh, I, I've, I've had some interesting uh, conversations, again, around support coordination. I, I still fundamentally believe that is the single most important thing in the NDIS to, to make it a success. And, and of course, um, we see the value in that. You see the value and you see the, the, the grassroots uh, effect that a, a good support coordinator can have uh, to, to the success or otherwise of a client's experience with the NDIS. And, and as you say, it's, it is now that we're getting uh, plans that come back um, or first plans without support coordination, just go, well, how are they supposed what? to do it? How are they supposed to navigate? Because okay. right. you've seen the plans and if you look at a plan for the first time, you're like, improve relationships? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? no, no. I mean, the, the lexicon <laughs> of the NDIS is still to, it still baffles me, to be honest with you. Um, look, uh, you've obviously, uh, you're wearing a lot of hats here. You're mum, business owner, yep. a carer. Uh, entrepreneur and uh, one of the things that this podcast tries to do is is uh, sort of to elicit some advice from those people who are successful and who wear many hats what's your uh, what's your what's I mean obviously you've got some challenges with time and everything else as we know we've we've we struggled to, to sit down and have this podcast and thank you so much for joining me it's been amazing what's what's your advice to other people to to juggle work life family um, I, I guess I don't know about advice, but I can probably share a few gold nuggets if yeah, you like. Love it. <laughs> lessons, lessons. Um, so, I, you know, we've got the old sort of look after yourself, you know, put yourself first, but I don't mean in a token way. I mean, really get in touch with what it is that you need because, like we said before, when you're better, everyone is better um, and and it's okay so so many of us carry so much guilt and it's just making sure that you do uh, feature in your own life that you're not just marking time or just so busy being busy that you kind of forgotten and I think we use that uh, for in a lot of our intakes and when we work with a lot of people what makes you feel alive what lights you up inside let's start there because everything else will flow. Bring that into your life. Wonderful. It might be, you know, going down to the beach or, you know, it might be reading a book or whatever it is. That's okay. It doesn't have to be everything about diet and lifestyle or whatever else, you know. Yeah. I guess, you know, value your own experience and, you know, if you're looking to be a, a, a carer and move back into the workforce or whatever, actually value who you are, your experience and what you've got to the, offer the world. Yeah. I didn't think anyone would want to employ me. Uh, I didn't think I had any skills, but I actually had a lot yes. and, and I proved that. Um, but strong boundaries and, and allowing balance and balance, you know, is going to change day to day. What's balance for me today is going to be different to next week but it's allowing yourself to have have that balance but also have strong boundaries so I used to have a and I probably still do to be fair have a real problem with saying no to someone so as, as parents carers business owners everyone's asking us of something you know can you do this can you do that um, and instead of 
saying no, I guess a, a great reframe is saying yes to yourself first and being able to let yourself off the hook for that. So uh, rather than you feeling guilty because you can't meet everybody's needs, saying yes to yourself first and then you can can look outside of that. And I think accepting help, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> have been for a really long time, but um, accepting help, no matter how small, we don't have to do everything for ourselves. There's no medals at the end of the day, you know, for for you if, if you're trying to do everything yourself and you're going to end up burnt out. And if you're burnt out, you're actually no good to mm-hmm. anybody. And so, acting, uh, us, accepting help is super important, but sometimes, particularly when we're in the thick of things, we don't quite know what that help is and what it looks like for us. Uh, for example, you know, um, we've been, as you know, we've been in hospital with Matthew for the last couple of months. He's been extremely sick and, and you know, people will extend messages and, you know, with good intent to say, how can we help you? Let, let us know if you need anything. But when you're in that situation, you're, you're, you don't know what it is you need. And so I'd invite everybody that when they're not in a stressful situation and when you have a retrospective look at, you know, some of the tough times in your life, perhaps write down some of the things that, you know, you could have really used a bit of help with. So it might be, you know, someone cooking your meals or it might be, um, you know, picking up your children or, or just coming over and mowing your lawns or whatever it is, those practical things. And then when you're in a crisis phase, you don't have to think about it because it's already there written down, yeah. you know, yeah. just those sorts of things. But accepting help is so critical. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's a, that's a, an amazing thing to think about. I was just thinking, yeah, exactly that. If you, you know, if you are in a stressful situation, you don't, you can't think, can you? Uh, but if you've no. already thought about it in the past and you've written it down and things like mowing the lawn, as you say, you get home and it sort of stresses you out and stresses you yeah. out. You know, it could just be a simple thing that yeah. just gets done. It's just a simple thing and, and it is hard. To accept that help, um, but it's okay, and it's okay to take a deep breath and just say thank you. You don't need to say no, no, no. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And you know, I, I, I joked. I, I got my son a gift while he was in hospital, and it was something that I really wanted to get him. And uh, and he's like, oh no, no, no. I'll I'll give you the money back. I'll I'll pay you the money back. I'm like Matthew. It's okay. It's actually more about me yeah. than you. You know, when you give, when you give, you actually feel really good. So it's it's not about you. It's yeah, about yeah. me. So please accept it. <laughs> so, another good reframe. Well, I think Matthew's very lucky to have you as a mum, and the rest of us are very lucky that you took that plunge into uh, the carer's place and have created this support coordination, specialist support coordination. For those people that want to get in touch, I'm just going to wrap up now with uh, some contact details. So the website address is www.thecarersplace.com.au And uh, telephone number? Uh, yes, it's uh, we are in South Australia, so it's a 0883265829. Awesome. And listen, I uh, will introduce you to Meredith. I think there's some, some some overlap with what you're doing, what she's doing. I'm really excited to watch this Lovely. year for you. I'm excited for your new website. I, I, I'm excited to, to be part of, uh, like we're, we're, we love Adelaide, as I say, South Australia. I'm excited to, to watch you grow and support people uh fantastic to talk to you today it's it's honestly been an absolute pleasure thank you very much cassie day the carer's place thank you thank you so much for having me i love a good conversation it's great good chat thanks cassie 
Thanks. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. I could honestly. I could talk forever. No, no, no. I, I don't know if you can tell. I, I really oh. would love to uh, to watch what you are talking about from that from that community and of, of you know that family or the care of the mm. I, I just think that that's super important. I've been pushing it on my team. We wanted to trial it out of Ballina with with the circles, the community circles that Meredith is talking about. I've had a little bit of pushback from from my team up there just because I'm asking them to do a few other things as well. But like, yeah. I'm really keen to see how our experience goes. I'm really keen that we can uh, revisit this potentially in six months' time or something like that to see how you're going. But it's yeah. super important. Oh no, it'd be great. I've just, I've just. Um sent out a, a letter of offer to a person that I have hired or about to hire um, as the practice lead for that because I've learnt lessons that I don't need to do everything. I can actually employ people who probably have more experience and skills than me to do the things that I have a vision of. Yeah. So, I know. You know. Look, I, 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 it's funny giving you say, you know, I, I've never been shy of, of of de- de- delegating, I, I've been pretty good at it my entire life, and it, it's and then that, yeah, that's the say. I think it's, I think you know you do a magnificent job. And yes, there's only so much you can spread yourself thinly. So, do I, I'm letting go do you of that and hire more people. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I have I've held on to the reins for a really long time, um, really probably to build a very solid foundation. But it's it's time to move and grow uh, now. And Cassie, you know, it's frustrating. We we've had a couple of people that have dropped the ball on us recently. And you know, you go, how did this happen? But you know, we're all human. They're human. They've got you know, it's yep. fine. We 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 want That's we want it. everyone to be at the exceptional standards. But we have to. But we're we're standing up every day and yep. you know yep. trying to make a difference because it is it's bigger than us. So much bigger than us. Isn't it just awesome? Thank you so much. Um, Thank so- you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Rock Solid People. For more interviews, stay tuned.